Hello, Lions, and welcome to episode number three of the Lions Coalition podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of the group. Thanks for coming and listening. My name is Bud Waite, and I'm here today to talk to you about friendship. The rarest creature on the planet, the male best friend. I'm going to read you something that I found online. It's on a uh, site called Vox.com. And uh, here's what it says. I'll just read it to you. I found it online and it's from last year. Uh, but this is a, a staggering statistic. Again, found online. You take it with a grain of salt if you like. Um, out of the um, people that they, that they questioned... This specifically relates to millennial generations here. The millennial generation age 23 to 38. Again, this is last year, so I guess that's 24 to 39 could be. I feel like they keep changing where that millennial generation actually is, but there you go. I certainly fall into that category. I'm a, I am a millennial. Um, and here's the staggering part of this statistic here. Here's what it says. 22% of millennials in the poll say they have zero friends. 27% they had say they had no close friends. 30% say they have no best friends. 25% say they have no acquaintances at all. Um, so I so that's that's so hard. To read and to hear and to think out loud that there are this huge percentage. If that rings true, it's close to a quarter of the millennials out there say they have no friends. Guys, this is, this is what the devil wants. The devil wants to keep you secluded and alone. He wants you to stay with no best friends. He wants you to not think, to think that you don't need a best friend. You don't need any friends at all. He wants you to stay at home where you are. Keep doing what you're doing. If you could just read your Bible more, if you could just wake up a little bit earlier and have a quiet time by yourself, things would be better between you and Jesus, right? Well, I'm not going to say that having a quiet time is going to be worse. Um, but I am going to say that things would be better for you if you had some friends, if you had some people to come around you, be around you and be in your life, because we are not created to do this alone. You're not created to do this by yourself. This, this life is not meant to be accomplished all on your own. You need to have people that you can lean on, that you can trust, that you can talk to. And here it says that 22% of millennials have zero friends. And it even goes on to say that 16% of Gen Xers and 9% of baby boomers say they have no friends. 
no friends. It mentions this other statistic that says that found that 30% of millennials say they feel lonely. Did you realize that that is the devil's plan? That's what he's been working at. He wants you to feel lonely. He wants you to feel alone. He wants you to feel as though you can't do this. You just need to get alone by yourself. Get away from other people. Don't tell anyone else what's happening with you. You're the only one that this has ever happened to. And it's lies. And it's evil and it's lies. And he keeps playing that over and over and over in your head, doesn't he? You keep thinking that every time you, you start to step out, every time you're, you're in worship and you start to raise your hands, that little voice comes back. You remember what you did with those hands? Or what was done to you? You remember who you are? You remember what you've done? You remember where you've been, what you've looked at, what you've clicked on? The sin that's in your life from today? Yeah. Well, you know what? Jesus knows all those things too. God knows exactly who you are, where you've been, and what you've done. And he said, I can use you anyway. I can use you, a person just like you. The way I like to think of it is, is, as if, um, I, I kind of got this image cause I enjoy doing woodworking. And so I, I do some woodworking sometimes in my garage and I've done some with my son out there with me. And sometimes I'm fortunate enough that he wants to help. And so he will get out his little plastic toolbox and plastic hammer and screwdriver and nails and screws and he'll bang away like dad's doing. And I got to thinking about that and that's so much like it's so much like what what God is doing with us. God is working. He's doing something up there on that workbench and I can't see the whole picture. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what all he's got going on. He doesn't tell me what he's really building. He tells me sometimes what my role is and sometimes not. I just keep working. And you know what I find the most crazy about that? That it was, it was impossible for me to understand until I had a kid, but what I find the most ridiculous about that idea of you and and God, you and Dad, working in a garage, and he's up there building, and you're down there trying to hammer in a a screw with the back end of a of a wrench. You're doing your best. What what it took me a long time to realize is that God is up there building away. And I just picture him looking over his shoulder and looking at me and smiling because he delights 
that I'm there. He wants me to be a part of it. He wants me to be there. Can he do it without me? Yeah, he could do it without me. He could do it better without me. It'd certainly go a lot faster if you didn't use me. I'm a broken, broken individual. And God could certainly make a whole lot of progress a whole lot faster without me around. And yet he wants me there and he chooses to use me. He pulls me out of his tool belt to use sometimes in certain situations. And again, I'm just the tool. I don't get to know what all is being built or what all is going on. I don't need to know. I'll never understand. Maybe we'll get to see that puzzle whenever we're up in, in heaven. We'll get to look at it, see what's on the bench. But for now, I don't get to know any more than, than he decides to tell me. And sometimes all he tells me is, you're doing a great job. Just keep going. And I say, I don't even know what I'm doing now. He says, you're doing a great job, son. Just keep going. He wants me there. He delights in spending time with me. And guys, we are a tool that can be used. Here's a verse. I'm sure you've heard it. I use it a lot. Um, and it's Proverbs 27, 17. And if I'm wrong, I'm sure I'll get lit up on that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's it. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I read that for years. I heard it for years. You first start getting into men's ministry or dealing with men at all, and you start hearing that verse. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I mistakenly took that verse to thinking that I just need to find somebody, go hang out with them for a while, get my iron sharpened again, and then back out into the tool shed to help dad. And that happens. That happens a lot. But it doesn't say that God sharpens iron. It says that iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another man or woman or person, depending on which version of the Bible you read. So, guys, you have some sharpening to do. There are men out there that need to be sharpened. There are certainly times that you are the dull tool that needs the sharpening. And there are a lot of times where you are supposed to be doing the sharpening. God has given you your past and your scars and your abilities and your talents and put you in the place and around the people that you are. And he has said, I know exactly who you are and what you've done and where you've been. And I've got a spot for you. I've got a role for you to play. There's something for you to do here. And we're just sitting there waiting on God to tell us the next step. And what we need to be doing is reaching around and sharpening the tools around us. Because there's going to come a day when he's going to need some sharp tools. Have you been sharpening the people around you? Oh, we need to get sharpened. But are you taking a moment to sharpen those around you? Is that the way they would describe your relationship? Is that you sharpen them? Or do you just take? 
Or do you just wallow in self-pity and say, not me. I don't deserve it. How many times have you asked for forgiveness for the same thing? I know I have. How many times have you started to raise your hands in church and you got that feeling again? You know what you've done with those hands? You know where you've been? You know what you thought? You know what you did yesterday? You know God delights in using you. He knows. He says, I know who you are, where you've been, what you've done. I got a spot for you. I can use you. And we keep asking for forgiveness over and over and over again because we're having a hard time forgiving ourselves for the things that we have done or that have been done to us. And guys, I'm here to let you know you can't forgive yourself. You never could. You've never been given the ability. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you can forgive anything. You don't have that power. God forgives. And if he's already forgiven you, You don't need to ask for forgiveness again. You've already gotten that. When that voice comes in your head, when you start to raise your hands, and it says, do you remember who you are? You said, yes, I know exactly who I am. Jesus and I had to talk about that. He forgave me anyway. And you raise your hands a little higher. You've never had the ability to forgive yourself. You're not that important. You don't have that power. God does. Jesus forgave you when he gave his blood on that cross. And he said, it's finished. It's finished. It's been done for 2,000 years. You've accepted it as Christ followers. You've accepted it. And then you feel the need to keep repeating it over and 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 over again. For you? Because it's not for God. He's already forgiven you. So it's not for Him. You can't forgive you. The devil wants to remind you of that, wants to remind you of that past, and wants to keep you there. And wants to keep you from, from moving on. And wants to keep you from sharpening those around you. You have an obligation, men. As Christ followers, as men of God, in this fight, in this war, in this battle that we are in. You have a, a responsibility to be sharp and to sharpen others. If you need help, reach out. If you need your cup filled, as they say in the church a lot, 
If you need that cup filled, you need to reach out. You need to find a best friend. You need to find a group to to talk to, people to connect with, men to surround yourself with, to improve your life. Guys, the best place to start when you think, where do I need to go? What do I need to do? How do I find that? The best place to start is in your own church. Most of you listening, as far as I can tell, most of you listening um, have the access, have the ability to have access to a, a church, a Christian church in America. And most of them, I would say, I would guess most of them, most of them have small groups um, or other ways to get involved. Uh, there are probably already small groups and men's groups and marriage groups and things like that going on inside your church right now. There's also other ways you could get involved. I've got some friends that that work on the uh, worship team and they either sing or play instruments or do the sound and the editing and the videos and all that kind of stuff. I do not have the creative ability to do any of that. And you certainly wouldn't want to hear me sing, but there are ways to get connected to other men, to get connected to a community of men around you. And the best place to do that is to start in your home church is to find community right there next to you and to plug in. And if you can't, if you're not figuring it out, if you can't find something, any way to get involved, go and talk to your pastor and take them out to lunch. Take them out for coffee. Don't let them use the church money and you buy it. And you make sure that they know that be open and honest and tell them, I need friends. I'm looking for community. I want to know what we have for men in my age group, in my circumstance. How can I get involved? How can I help? And there will be ways that you can help. There's always needs in the church. And that's a great place to start. Guys, another good supplement for you, and I say supplement on purpose, not, this is not a, a place to, uh, this is not something to put in place of your church. An addition to is to follow us online. We have a Facebook page and the Lions Coalition podcast, Facebook page, Lions Coalition Facebook page is all just about the podcast. There is a Lions Coalition group. If you search groups, you can find us at the Lions Coalition. And um, you do have to answer some questions to get in there, or at least we have some questions there. But we, we only let men into that group. It is a men's group for Christian men. And we go into some more depth and in, in-depth conversations and talks and questions and that sort of thing in that group, um, specifically 
for men. Uh, we're also on Instagram at the Lions Coalition, or you can follow me at Bud Wait. My name is spelled B U D W A I T E. Bud Wait on Instagram, the Lions Coalition on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. And then obviously, you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening, for reviewing and rating the podcast. That helps us to get discovered and, and pass this message on to other people. Guys, you need to find a way to get involved, to get connected with other men. And men, if you are the ones, if you are the outgoing type personality that makes friends with everybody, this is your calling as well. You need to reach out to men, those guys who come in your church, who look lost, who are there because their wife brought them, who just seem out of place and don't know, take them out to lunch. Take them out for coffee. Invite them into your small groups. Invite them to be a part of your your thing that you have going on. And guys, if none of that works, you reach out to me directly. And if you if you get involved in the if you get in contact with the group, there will certainly be some guys that will respond or talk to you in that group for sure. But if you need more help, if your church isn't doing it, if you don't know how to find or how to start a group, if you are having trouble, you reach out to me directly online. Instagram at Bud Wade. I'm in the group, the Lions Coalition. You can find me at Bud Wade on Facebook or in the group um, or just comment straight on the group page and I'll, I'll reach out to you. I'll find you there. But we need to get connected. We need to get in community. We need to grow together. I'm going to read you this one more time because I want you to hear it. 22% of millennials say they have zero friends. 27% say they have no close friends. 30% say they have no best friends. And 25% say they have no acquaintances. And in comparison, that's for the Gen Xers, 16%. And baby boomers, 9% say they have no friends. None. There is no iron in their lives sharpening them. This is a call to action, men. Step up. Find another man. Reach out. You don't have to know what to say or what to do or how to make this happen. If you need help, reach out to me. Just start off by taking them to coffee. Asking to hear their story. Growing in community together. If you need help, you reach out to me. You reach out to the group. We will help you. Talk to your pastor at your local church. Get plugged in there. That's a great start. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for leaving a rating and review. Thanks for listening to episode three of the Lions Coalition podcast. Again, my name is Bud Waite. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook and join the group on Facebook. And guys, get involved. This is your call to action.
out.